we are talking about being kingdom-minded, uh, talking about the kingdom of God for the past several weeks, and I've enjoyed this series. We've got this week, and then we've got next week as well as the last two weeks uh, of this series, talking about kingdom-minded, and so I'm not coming back to it toward the end of the year, because there's just too much stuff, okay? Too much stuff I want to talk about, but... Um, thankful for the Lord's presence the last several weeks, and that's what I've been praying for, is that we have the Lord's presence in our services, and that we become kingdom-minded. And so we've been looking through that God is our creator and our king, uh, that we are that nation that is under that king, that uh, we, we do David thinking, not Saul thinking, where David thinking was we thought about uh, God's glory and, uh, and, and blessing other people and helping other people. Then we looked at goodness, a goodness culture, having a goodness culture here at Friendship Church. And then last week, a, a tough but necessary service uh, sermon on uh, the kingdom of God is like. And the, the kingdom of heaven is coming, isn't it? The kingdom of heaven is coming. And there is an end of days and there, end, there is a, a rapture. Uh, and so we want people to get into the kingdom of God and rejoice in heaven for an eternity. And so we, we talked about how that the kingdom of God is like uh, all of these things. And so today we're looking at kingdom fruit, kingdom fruit. And so uh, we're going to have a food fight in the gym after church here today. Um, we have watermelons, and no, we don't. But um, Mark chapter 4, just to start this, um, Mark chapter 4, it's kind of this one more the kingdom of God is like. And this is a little bit of the foundation of today um, as we look to kingdom fruit and what he's talking about. Mark 4, uh, verse 26 says, He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and the full kernel in the head. So, when the farmer comes and plants this, he may not understand the exactly what on a molecular level happens from the seed and it grows and it gets to be a tall tree or with an apple tree or it gets to be you know whatever it is that he's planting. He just knows that there's got to be good soil, there's got to be sunlight, and there's got to be water. It's the Lord that makes it grow, right? And so he doesn't know exactly how, he just knows what to do to make it grow. And we're learning, you know, through science, we're learning some more about the how. But, but really and truly, it's just, we just know that we do this, and, though, and so here it goes. And in a similar way, this is kind of the undercurrent of what we're talking about here today, that we want to have this good fruit in our life. And sometimes it's like, well, how, how do we do that? I don't exactly know how to have patience and self-control and joy. And, and, and I know a couple of things to kind of do, but I don't know how that happens in my life. So that's what we're talking about here today as we look through this. Galatians chapter 5 is where we're going to be at. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, many of you probably already know that that is the fruit of the Spirit chapter. Um, and so you, you're, you're singing the song in your head right now, love, joy, peace, or maybe you're not. But uh, And so we'll get there, Galatians chapter 5. The first part of it, really the whole book of Galatians, he's talking about freedom in Christ and he's talking about living in this time of grace after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as opposed to the law, that the law was needed at a time. Paul said, I didn't even know what coveting was until I read the law, okay? Um, 
law was needed, but it was not sufficient. It was not enough, okay? Christ had to come. And so that, that's a lot of what this book is talking about, and especially here in uh, the first part of chapter 5. So Christ truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And don't we do that sometimes? We get caught up in, in the do, doing the do's and don't doing the don'ts. Um, and, but Christ has set us free. In fact, verse 4, it says that if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, check this out, okay? If you are trying to make yourself right by keeping the law, doing all these do's, don't do all these don'ts, you have been cut off from Christ, the very one that sets you free. So if, if, if you are trying to get into heaven by your own goodness, as we've, as we've talked about, you're trying to get in through your own goodness, you've actually cut yourself off from Christ altogether. Because if you keep going back to living by the law's standards, what the law says and all this over here, then you're living like, you're acting like, that you do not need Christ and the power of Christ is not in you. Right? And so that's why he's t he takes a whole book and he talks to the Galatians about this. That you have fallen away from God's grace if you, are, if you cut yourself away from Christ. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. This goes back to the goodness culture I talked about a couple of weeks ago. We are on the same team. Look at your neighbor and say, we're on the same team. Look at somebody across the church. Okay, tell them, wave at them, say, we're on the same team. <laughs> okay? This is the kingdom of God. We are on the same team. And so we don't have this, this freedom is not so that we can figure out how salvation works for me, and then I'm going to work that, and if you don't do the way that I do it, then you're not as good of a Christian as I am, and then we have all this thing. And we start leaning on opinions and preferences and all these things, instead of serving one another as soon as we can and as best we can. So that's kind of the backdrop for our, for our main text here, starting in verse 16, as He's talking about, forget the law. The law was not sufficient for the salvation of your soul, but Jesus was. And so now we're going to move into this time of freedom, but then don't use this freedom to then attack other people. Okay? So Galatians chapter 5, he's talking through all, all of this. So then that question is, if we don't follow the law, then what will guide our conduct? Because... You know, the, God, the, 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 the law over here is don't do this and do this and all these things. And so it was very easy to keep track of if I'm, if I'm doing the law right. If I'm doing it right, I've got, I've got all these do's and don'ts. So if I don't have that stuff, if I don't have that list of things to look for, then how do I know that I'm conducting myself the way that God wants me to do so? Have you ever thought about that? If I'm not doing that, it's like if you've gone to a swimming pool before, and normally when you go to this, uh, this community pool, there's like this list of rules that you're supposed to do. 
Okay, that board doesn't just say do right. <laughs> so it's like we're just coming to the pool, and it just says do right. Well, what's right? Well, what, what does that even mean? Normally, you have this deal where it's, okay, closing time is 10 p.m., no food in the pool, okay, don't take your burger underwater with you, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, don't uh, run by the pool. You have these rules so that you know that you are conducting yourself in, in the right manner, okay? Of course, the, the problem is sometimes is that we'll read those rules, as you know, and we try to skirt those rules as best that we can, Okay? So it's like, don't, don't run by the pool. Well, you know, what's by the pool? You know, I'm over here, so I can run over here. And so you try your best to figure out how you can get around that written rule. Right? It's 10 o'clock, but, you know, the lifeguard's not really looking, so I guess we'll just stay in here and jumping off the diving board, and, well, they don't see me, you know, so I'm just going to keep on swimming, and it's 10.15, no one said anything, even though that's what I said. So that's why the law was not sufficient. Because we, in our sinful nature, are going to try to skirt the rules as best we can. How many of you have driven over the speed limit in the last week? Okay, let's try this. How many of you have not driven under, <laughs> over the speed limit in the last week? Well, that's a rule that's posted that we all know and see, and we still... <laughs> okay, I'm not preaching against speeding this morning. I'm preaching... That the law was written, and so it gives us an idea of what we need to do, but that's not sufficient. What is sufficient was what Christ did for us. Now, we've talked about God the Father, we've talked about God the Son, and now God the Holy Spirit gets his day. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Now again, through this whole book, he's talking about sinful nature, and then he's talking about the Holy Spirit guiding your life. So our first thought is, what Holy Spirit wants us to do are these super, super holy things. And in the sinful nature are these super, super bad things. And there's this spectrum here that we kind of have in our own heads of what's really bad and what's really good. And so he's not talking about these, quote, really bad things. He's not talking about murder or... or any of these bad things that you want to think of, he's not talking about this stuff during, during this book, okay? What he's talking about is focusing on the law. So as you are focusing on the law over here, this is the evil sinful nature that he's talking about. It's this sinful nature that wants you to stay past 10 o'clock at the pool or to go 60 and a 50. That's the sinful nature stuff that he's talking about. He's not talking about evil, evil, evil that we would think is evil over here. And so we have to keep that in mind because anything that keeps us away from the Lord is going to keep us out of heaven, out of the kingdom of God. And it's not the way that the Holy Spirit is guiding our life. Instead, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and he guides us. So we don't have this sinful nature. Paul seems to think that in spite of a person's will to do right, the flesh orientation makes that, I'm sorry, the flesh 
that will make that ineffective in our lives dooms the person to failure. Wait, we're going to fail. We're going to miss these rules. We're going to miss these laws. It is utter fruitlessness of the righteousness through law approach. There is no righteousness through law. There is righteousness through Jesus Christ. He continues, These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Verse 18, But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. There's, they keep fighting each other, okay? If you've seen a, you know, a Tom and Jerry cartoon ever, right? You've got like the angel on this side, and you've got the little devil on this side. No, you shouldn't do that. Do it, do it, do it, right? And you've got this thing where it's got these, this, this, these two forces are battling against each other. And so then we say, what do we do to this? How do we, how do we get through this? There's a dog that's in our life named good and a dog that's named evil, and they fight every day. And so who wins? Well, the winner is the dog that you feed the most. The winner is the dog that you feed the most. If you're starving this sinful nature side of you, then this good nature side of you is going to win. But if you're starving, if you are not in the Word, if you are not going to church, if you are not praying and you're starving this spiritual man part of you, well obviously this evil man is going to win that day. And so that's we want to feed this spiritual man inside of us. So then what are these things? Verse 19 when you follow the desires of your sinful nature this is the sinful nature over here the results are very clear sexual immorality, impurity lustful pleasures, idolatry sorcery, hostility quarreling Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I think it is very interesting that in in the same sentence that he is talking about sexual immorality and sorcery, he's talking about outbursts of anger and jealousy. You notice that? It's on the same, so there's not this spectrum of evil. There's evil. And everything that's evil is apart from God. And so you're going to walk down this road whenever you start giving in that just a little bit. That's what sin does. You give in just a little bit, and all of a sudden you're on the road to this sexual immorality, to this quarreling, to this drunkenness. Well, it's just one drink, I can handle it. And then after a while, whoops, I couldn't handle it. Because after a while, when you open that door to that, it keep, it's going to keep coming in. When you start feeding this sinful desire. And most of the deeds, if you look at this, most of these deeds of the flesh are against other people. They're against other people. Many people, they don't have a problem with God. They have a problem with God's people. <laughs> have you seen that? Most people, uh, they don't have a problem with God. They have a problem with God's people. There's, a, there, there's an actual company in uh, Germany that we found about when we were overseas, that it's a company that gets you out of your uh, membership at your church. So when you, when, when you become a member of a church, but you're wanting to leave that church, but you're not wanting to have that, that, that conversation with the pastor, this company comes in and gets your name off of, the bo- off of their membership role. Isn't that crazy? And so this company 
as they were doing this, they, they were asking all of these questions about why are you wanting to leave your membership, things like this. And as they, as they went through it, 93% of the people that were wanting to leave membership of that church had to do with their disagreement with someone in the church, basically. There were several different things to say, but what it boiled down to. So 93% of those people who were leaving the church are because of other people, not because of God. Like, what does that tell us? God is good. There's nothing wrong with God, okay? God is good, and he is gracious, and he is merciful. There's something wrong with us. And if we choose (laughs) to gratify the sinful pleasures over here, that, yes, it breaks our relationship with God, But what starts to happen is it begins to break our relationship with other people as well. And so something that shouldn't be that big of a deal turns into quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, envy, and then it moves even into these other things as well. Many times it's not our problem with God, it's our problem with the people of God. So then we have to look at ourselves, right? I have to look at myself. You have to look at yourself. Continuing, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. But God, I come to church. Are you one of these that are susceptible to sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger? Listen, it has to change inside of us because these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Which, by the way, this is not an exhaustive list either. There are many other things as well. He's given us an example of these things. But these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But God, I go to church. But God, I tithe. Great. Do you do this too? Because you will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God because they have established a kingdom of their own. It's a different religion. It's not Christianity. It's a different religion. And they've established a kingdom of their own. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we are led by the Spirit, when we spend time with the Lord, these are the things that begin to fill up our life, and those things begin to come out. Now, you may look at this list, love, joy, peace, all these, And you're looking at that and you go, "Um, I'm pretty good at six of the nine. That should be good, right? Six out of nine is not bad. Maybe even seven on some good days. Okay. If If you look at the list like that and you go, you know, when it comes to kindness, I'm probably an eight or nine, you know, that's pretty, you know, and gentleness, I'm up there, Uh, nine, maybe a ten, and patience, and we won't grade that one, and joy, 
if you look at the list like that, what you're doing is you're looking at the list from the idea of the law. Were you loving? Six out of ten. Were you peaceful? Ten out of ten. Had a good day. Were you faithful? Nine out of ten. Better than a couple weeks ago. But this, that is looking through the eyes of the law. Did you do it or didn't you do it? How well did you do it? Was it better than a year ago? That's looking at it from the, from the standpoint of the law. Did you do it or did you not? If you get a speeding ticket, depending on how fast you're going, that's how big of, that you have to pay for it. If you're going really fast, 130, we've got some big problems. The consequences are much worse. But that's looking at it from the law. Did I do it or did I not? Instead, if we are, as the first part of the scripture says, to be led by the Spirit, as, as we are being led by the Spirit, these things begin to come out inside of us. And by the way, all of them. There are not nine fruits of the Spirit. There is one. All of these things come out. If you start getting closer to the Lord, it's not like uh, I'm, I'm getting close to the Lord and I've got peace and joy. Well, he just hadn't given me love yet, so I don't really have to love people just yet. But one day it might come. No, these things start coming out in you. Does that make sense? And by the way, this list isn't exhaustive because grace is going to come out and compassion, mercy, so many different things are going to come out as well. It's not just nine things. I think sometimes we think that because, uh, especially in children's church, we equate it, okay, apples or love and grapes or joy, and that's kind of how we learned it like that. Well, apples have their own tree, and watermelons have their own vines, and banana have theirs, and so we kind of compartmentalize them a little bit. But it's not like that. This is one fruit. This is one tree with all the fruit on it. And when we plant that in our life, all of these things come out. Not one at a time, not some more than others, but they all begin to come out. So when you choose the Christian life, you give up your right to be salty to one another. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. When you choose the Christian life, this phrase, well, I deserve this, it's okay if I have this, I deserve it, is not really in our vocabulary because we have self-control. And we know that's not right for us. When we choose the Christian life, we understand that sex is not about fulfilling our lustful desires, but it's about expressing our love inside of a marriage. And so all of these things begin to come out. All of them. As we start living for the Lord, as we start, as we start spending time with God over here, reading our Bible, praying, going to church, all these things, this goodness and this faithfulness and all the things that God is, that begins to come out in us. And so we reflect God as made in his image this way. Is God not loving? Is God joyful? Is God peaceful? Is he patient? Is he all of these things up here? If God is that and we are made in his image, then we reflect that. If God is all of these things, gentle and self-control, then as we get closer to him, then we start reflecting these things to other people, and other people are able to see it. If we were to look at my pool example, okay, go with me for a second. You're at the swimming pool, and you see some little kids, I'm talking about little kids, little, little kids, playing by the edge of the deep end, and you get a little anxious, right? 
and you look over here and you see a nine-year-old boy and he's reaching behind the concession stand and he's stealing a candy bar. And you're like, wait, did I just see that? I, I did. And then you see uh, a, a 15-year-old girl who loves the Lord with all her heart, but she's coming down and she's got a boyfriend who's hanging all over her and no good greasy-headed loser, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And you look at that and you, and you see these kids that are playing by the deep end. They don't know how to swim. You see a kid stealing over here. You see a good girl with a no good, greasy-headed loser. You don't look at those kids and think those are bad kids, do you? You think, where is their father? Don't you? You look around and you see these kids playing around. Where's mom and dad at? What? Do, they say, what's going on? You know, if if this kid's dad knew he was stealing, uh, wouldn't he say something? Or, you know, if, if the father treated this daughter and, and told her how special she was and how she plans for God's life and she wouldn't be talking to a no-good, greasy-headed loser, but that's, we don't look at these kids and go, they're bad. We say, where's the father? The father must be a bad father. The father must not care about the safety of his kids or care about disciplining his children, or care about uh, the future of, this, of their child. So when other people see us acting like the other list, they don't look at us and go, they're bad people. They look and say, man, they serve a God? Well, this God isn't that great. That's why we reflect these things. Because it's not about our goodness, it's about his goodness, and then his goodness shines through us. And so a good father would see their little one over here playing and go up and snatch him and put some floaties on or whatever because he cares about the safety. A good father is going to come over here and, and say, uh, you did what? It's time to go home because we're going to go through timeout or spanking or whatever it is, right? Discipline. That is a real thing. As, hey, we had baby dedication this morning. You're not friends. You've got to be dad sometimes. Okay? And come over here and say, baby girl, you do not have to settle for this. I care too much about you. I gotta say something. But that but when we act in love and joy and peace and patience, that reflects to a good God. It reflects to a good God. It says there is no law against these things. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and are crucified them there. If we, when we belong to Christ, all of these things over here, this world has nothing for us. This world has nothing for us. These desires, these wants, all this, has nothing for us, cannot get us anywhere. But living a life of Christ over here, when we crucify that to the cross, then we are able to live this godly life over here. Because we're spending time with him, and these things are coming out inside of us. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Or be jealous of one another. Listen, if goodness and faithfulness and peace is coming out inside of us, then we don't care too much that someone else gets blessed. In fact, we rejoice because someone else gets blessed. 
because that's evidence once again that there is a that there is a good God that blesses. But for someone who comes back and thinks, well, why didn't I get blessed? Well, now you're thinking over here because now you start with this Rolodex of, but I've done this, this, and this because you're thinking about the laws. But instead, when you are over here and goodness is coming out and love is coming out and peace is coming out and God bless you, hallelujah, let's praise God together. That's when it's coming out of us. Listen, the Spirit changes our hearts to follow God's will, not ours. The Spirit changes our hearts to follow God's will, not ours. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. I know you know it. I know you know it because it's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Remember when he said that? Listen, you can have that memorized, but do you do that? The will that is done in heaven, do we want that done down here on earth? So then what we do is we don't think like these desires over here because that's our will. God, I want your will to be done. So I come over here and I focus on these things. Listen, I'm not... We're going to pray here in just a minute. And I, I don't want you to pray, and I don't want you to go home. You know, I need some patience in my life, so I'm going to go home and really try hard for patience. That, that's missing the point completely. You don't try hard for patience. You spend time with the Lord, who is a patient God, and then patience comes out of us. We don't. I'm going to try really hard at self-control. That's your righteousness. You can't do that. You might get it once or twice, but it, it, it's not sustainable at all. I'm going to try really hard to have peace in my life. No, 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 no. You spend time with the Lord, and then peace comes out. That's being kingdom-minded. That's kingdom-minded. It's self-minded to try to fix your problems yourself. I'm good at all of that except for self-control, so I'm going to work on that this week. It's not work on that. It's you spend more time with the Lord, and he fills you up. He fills you up. And so we're kingdom-minded. I'm, I'm going to turn this law part of my brain off, switch it off, and I'm going to turn to this grace and freedom in Christ. And all of this is about being kingdom-minded, and it flows out of you. You're a different person than you were 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 20 days ago. You're a different person. So if you want to be a different person, you don't try real hard to do this. You spend time with the Lord, and it comes out in you. There are people here in this room, and I don't want to embarrass anybody by saying their names or, or what they do, but I'm in awe of, of what they do. On some level, on, on Sunday mornings, when, when, when you give up your time and energy to come up and, and be on a worship team, you come to church at 8.30 in the morning, and you get ready, and... Sunday school and Royal Rangers and girls' ministries and all these different things. To give up your time like that, like that's not the normal person to give up your time and energy and finances sometimes. But there's also people who, it's incredible because they'll, they'll come up from time to time during the week and just say, do you need any help? Can, can, I, can I help with this? And they'll fix this or they'll do some other things over here. And, and I just think that is just so 
kingdom-minded. They're, they're, they're not up here to, to get something from me. They say, this is my church. These are my people. This is my God. And I want to be a part of that. Now, I'm not asking everybody to come up here and, and vacuum the sanctuary this week. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that when you spend time with the Lord... All of these things, and it's not just a checklist, these things come out inside of you that weren't there before. All of a sudden, you have the idea to serve the church and to serve your people and to have patience with others because you know that God's given patience to you. To love others, to you feel like quarreling because you're more right than they are, but for some reason, it's not that big a deal anymore. I'm more right than they are, but I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to choose not to be the quarreler, the the fits of rage guy. I'm going to go over here and just allow this to come out in my life. And that's what I want for us as a church. If you would stand with me here today, we're going to go into a time of prayer. In Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thine be done. Can we say that? I want us to be able to say that. So I want to ask you to find a place to pray, and, 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 and we can worship here in a minute as well, but find a place to pray. If you're one of these that, that is, is just very focused on the, the checklist over here, say, God, I, I, I'm sorry. Help me not to think like that, but to spend time in your presence. And God, I pray that, that these things would come welling up inside of me. And so it's, it's a very simple prayer time right now. Let's find a place to pray. And say, God, fill me with this love and joy and peace and all of these things, these self-control. <clears throat> because I want to be more like you. I want to be able to reflect you. God, you are a patient God, so I want to show others patience. God, you are a good God. I want to show others good. You're a loving God. I want to show. You're a compassionate God. You're a gracious God. So would you find a place to pray? Even right now, one, two, three, go. Find a place to pray. And say, God, help me. Help me today that these fruits, that this fruit has got to grow in my life. And it's not about me trying hard to do it. It's about me putting my focus on you. Living for you, following you, getting in your word. Help me this morning, God. Let's pray this prayer. Salvation is in your name, not in our righteousness, but in your name, God. Oh, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and hearing our cries today. And I pray that you would be with us. Go this week. Help us to spend time with you and in your presence and let the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. Then all those things that you already are will then come out in us. That's what I pray for us as a church pray for us as individuals, pray for us as a community and a church across the world, Lord, that we would reflect your goodness and mercy and peace and faithfulness and self-control and love and goodness, all of these things, God, help us, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you.